Hi, I'm your host, Grace. And I am your co-host, Cammie. Welcome to our third episode of Baby It's Therapy Podcast. (laughs) So in this episode, we are going to talk about all the affordable therapy options. Yeah, so we don't break the bank and leave your wallet crying. Yeah, we, yeah. stay healthy but also within budget okay so um for me um um i'll first start to talk about like the cost for therapy for me um i've had two therapists in the u.s in total um the first one is through through um, boston university and i had to be used school insurance so for that therapist my code total code um, my total cost per session was zero. And the second therapist I had, it was out of network. I got referred from um, through BU. And then I had the insurance company that was accepted by that therapist. So I only need to pay um, $10 copay for each session. How about you, Kami? Yeah. So just to quickly explain for people that don't know what this means, out of network means that they are a doctor that does not take your insurance, whatever kind of insurance it is you have. Um, So for me, my first therapist was out of network, but they were, my mom was referred to them and, you know, we decided that that was the therapist that I was going to see. So that costed around $250 for each session that my parents paid out of pocket. I am eternally grateful to them for <laughs> paying for I that. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and then my second therapist was through uh, Mass General Hospital, MGH, over in Boston, and she was in network, so they took my insurance. So my copay was around um, $20 every session, which is not a big deal. Um, And now my current therapist is also out of network. However, she um, costs only $80 versus $250. So, you know, weighing the options here, I think. And she's a great therapist. So I've found a therapist that works for me that is also within my budget. Okay, so now for um, affordable therapy options. Um, the first one I want to introduce is sliding scale therapists. So sliding scale therapists are psychotherapists, psychologists, and social workers who um, adjust their hourly fee to help make therapy more affordable to their clients. And then it's a really nice option if you want to pay your, for your therapy out of pocket or your insurance doesn't cover for that specific therapist. Um, you can find a lot of sliding scale therapist options through Psychology Today. And usually the cost ranges from $75 to $160. Um, for even more affordable sliding scale therapists, you can find it through Open Pass Psychotherapy Collective. Um, it's a little bit more affordable. It's around $30 to $80 per session. Um, however, the therapist options on that site is more limited. 
um, personally, I never um, got the chance to try for sliding scale therapist. Um, um, I was lucky enough that the therapist I was looking for accepts my um, insurance. But um, I wonder, Cami, have you ever had uh, experience in sliding scale therapist or do you know any friends that had experience in this? Yeah, I would say that my current therapist is a sliding scale therapist. Um, I found her on Psychology Today, and I don't remember what her pay, um, the range was, but we had one session, and she was like, this is my price, and I was like, well, I really like you, however, I don't think I'm going to be able to make that um, just because I'm going to be paying for you myself, my parents won't be paying um, and she adjusted that to $80 per session. So that way it was within budget and more reasonable for me to pay. So yeah, my current therapist is sliding scale. Yeah. One thing I want to ask Kemi is that I, I know that a friend that she told me that for her therapy, um, originally she needed to pay for $10 per session, but then, um, after knowing her financial situation, the therapist decided to charge her for $0 per session. Does that mean that the therapist she's seeing is possibly also like a sliding scale therapist? Yeah, I would say so. I think the whole point of a sliding scale therapist is that they want to help you and they also want to make sure that they're within budget for you. So mm -hmm. what they have in mind is, you know, what can this patient reasonably pay for? Um, yeah. And I think that's what they try to keep in mind when they give you a quote for how much you're going to have to pay for each session, which is really mm -hmm. nice and noble of them, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So our second option is free or low income mental health services. So these clinics are staffed by psychotherapists and psychologists, but often are able to expand their services through the use of student psychologists student mental health counselors, and student social workers who are supervised and li by licensed experienced professionals. Um, services are often provided at no cost or at a remarkably reduced rate. So I think in my experience, I've definitely had like student doctors treat me before um, when I've gone into appointments. Like my main doctor was like, hey, is it okay if a student comes in and treats you? And I'll still be here in the room watching, but, you know, they're going to do, they're going to take care of everything. Um, and I was like, yeah, sure, that's fine. Uh, <laughs> so I've been treated by student doctors before. Um, and that basically means they're, they're students, like medical students that aren't, con you know, they're not technically considered doctor doctors even though when you are in med school you are a doctor it's like a weird thing but they're still students basically and they give you treatment um so these clinics have students that are basically going to be giving you treatment but it's supervised by someone who is licensed um so in order to find a clinic in your area you can contact the national alliance on mental illness also known as nami helpline or go to mentalhealth.gov and your primary care physician can also provide recommendations in your community. So definitely reach out to your primary care doctor. They're going to be your best friend in this situation. Yeah. And I would say even though um, they're probably still students who are like in training, I think um, as long as they're passionate for their career and like have their professional skills, they should still be decent. Like don't worry about like the quality of the therapy. Yeah. Well, I never had... I never had in contact, but also at the same time, I think that when there's a supervisor beside 
they probably could be more serious about it (laughs) yeah i mean when i i had one therapy session through mgh with my therapist at the time and she was like is it okay if we take a pause and instead i have a student well she called me like weeks in advance asking if i could um give her permission to share information with a student of hers and i said yeah sure that's fine Um, under the pretext that the student would be giving me care later on. So when it came to that time, um, the student was there and was giving me counseling for that, for three sessions actually, just so she could like practice and that kind of thing. And it was pretty interesting. Like she was very, um, she was very good at what she did. And I think a big part of it had to do with, you know, like she's choosing this to be her career path. So she's going to be professional about it yeah professional and passionate about what she does so she did a great job and you know I think a big part of it is that you have to go into it with an open mind and you can't be worried about the fact like oh they're a student they're not going to be as good as an actual doctor Um, yeah so you know I think people are always like most passionate when they first step into a career (laughs) (laughs) I, I guess I guess that's right I mean I would also just be like yeah like it doesn't matter that they're a student um yeah they'd be like i want to heal this person <laughs> but like <laughs> therapist that's older like ah oh, damn it when i'm when i'm gonna finish and have like dinner <laughs> yeah so yeah so don't worry feel free to like try like with free or low-income mental health service wait <laughs> wait stu- free feel feel free to try with like student like like therapist like in training um, and then another um, affordable option would be therapy ads. Um, right now, even though um, it's COVID, I know that a lot of like therapy does uh, conduct through online. There's also like um, website that's online in the beginning, since the beginning, like online therapy sites such as Talkspace or BetterHelp. Um, so basically how it works is you go on there, you fill in like a questionnaire um, and then they match you with the therapist that um, matches with your goal and for talk space it's $65 per week and for better help it ranges from 35 to $80 per week um, I would say though this is convenient I think um, feel free to try out like online therapy app, like websites and see if this is a right fit for you um, this type of care could not be for everyone um, as the American Psychological Association cautioned a caution, um, caution that for those who has like serious mental illness concerns, a lot of times um, you might need more attention and care than remote treatment offers. Um, and then other than online therapy, there's also great apps such as Calm or Headspace. I think Headspace is probably um, being heard by a lot of people. Um, they provide uh, with meditation, um, and also breathing exercises. I think it's a it's great app. They're, they're like great apps to try out because meditation was proven by science that it could help to reduce stress. Um, and also for a headspace, there's also Netflix shows that you can watch that kind of educate you on topics like sleeping or like anxiety and many other like topics um site note if you are a boston university student you have access to headspace subscriptions for free that's great free subscription yeah, 
I didn't know that until I graduate. <laughs> I love free stuff. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, next thing you can do is look at local support groups, right? So, Mental Health America lists specialized support groups resources on their website for a small to small fee to no charge. Um, but the important thing is that you want to join a group that matches with your needs. So, I've been in group therapy before. Um, it was, again, through MGH, and it was through the ARMS program, which, to reiterate for people that may not know, is the uh, Addiction Recovery Management Services. Um, and I was there for uh, alcohol consumption. So I was in a group that had a goal in mind, which is to, you know, reduce alcohol intake and also find better ways to cope with whatever it was that we were going through. And that was exactly what I needed at the time. So again, joining a group that matches your needs is super important. So examples could be like anxiety or depression or family conflict or having an eating disorder. Um, there are specialized groups and seek them out, like do a good Google search um, and <laughs> find your way to a support group that can help you. Yeah, I agree. I actually attended several that was hosted by Boston University. I just want to talk a little bit about my experience. I think um, like, you know, the local support groups works differently for everyone, but my experience wasn't that great because at the time it was through zoom and then we got to open our camera as well talking about like the most painful experience for me i thought it was like you know it was talking like kind of like some deep stuff in front of strangers and people were, like staring at you and you started sobbing it's kind of <laughs> an awkward situation so I, I i didn't feel comfortable and i also felt like um you know, at that time, I already had a lot of understanding of myself, like what I'm going through, what, what the symptoms, it, it was easy for me to recognize what I'm experiencing. Um, but I remember at that time, many people who joined the group, it was an anxiety group. So many people who enjoyed it might be like, you know, just started to deal with anxiety. So the stage are a little bit different in terms of healing. So I felt like what they were talking about did not resonate much of what I was experiencing. So which is why I like stopped going to like the groups. But I do think that, you know, local support groups are definitely a great way to start with before, you know, trying out therapy. If you felt like therapy is like a bit like in intimidating or you feel like you're still waiting to be matched with the perfect therapist, try feel free to try out local groups while like waiting and then most of the time it doesn't cost money most of the time majority of the time yeah <laughs> yeah so definitely go try out a group and then um the last um affordable option we have is crisis line crisis hotlines and also suicide prevention hotlines um for these hot for these like crisis lines Usually it is available for 24 seven. And then the hotlines are staffed by trained volunteers and professionals who provide you with emotional support and connect you with assistance. Um, I think um, the numbers that I, would to I was told was um, there's like this um, number called Healthline and then number for that is 877-870-4763. And then there is also um, a 
I think it's a website that you can like directly text. It's like not calling, but like texting only. It's um, crisistextline.org. And then there's the National Suicide Prevention Hotline, which is 800-273-8255. If you guys didn't like catch like the numbers and through the podcast, don't worry. Like definitely follow us on through Instagram and we will have every info linked um like put out on our story highlights um so kemi have you had any experience calling the crisis lines yes yes um one thing i will say is the crisis lines are not meant for like long-term help in any capacity so the whole point of the hotlines is you are in crisis right you are I am going to hurt myself mode and you just need someone to talk to. That is what these crisis lines are for. These lines are for you to just emotionally dump on someone and just get everything out. And what they can do is they will offer you with alternatives to your situation in the sense of how can we help you get better? How can we help you feel better? So what they do is they usually just carry on a conversation with you and sorry i'm just waiting for the car to go by okay usually what they do is they carry a conversation with you to try to calm you down and talk you off that ledge and then uh towards the end of your you know of your time speaking with your the volunteer or the professional they're gonna help connect you with resources so they are going to try and get you in touch with websites and different places where you can find therapy to go for long-term. So again, these crisis hotlines are not meant for long-term care whatsoever. They're meant for short-term comfort, care, and basically help you calm down, really, just to help you calm down and, you know, come back to earth. And then Mm -hmm. they will help put you in touch with different ways of seeking out help for the long term i agree i think um a lot of times when i call the crisis line when i throw them with like millions of questions that's running through my head what they would repeatedly tell me is how can i help you to get through tonight like just tonight all you need to do is go to bed like get through tonight wake up in the morning and think go for like helps for long term to help you heal in the long term which is therapy Mm -hmm. so um a lot of times um i I do want to say that you know even though the crisis line is 24 7 usually there is um quite like a long wait time like they might put you on hold you know (laughs) like that, that tiktok meme of the girl who was like when the suicide hotline puts you on hold I know. It's like, think of it this way. They do be extending your life, you know, <laughs> while putting you on hold. <laughs> so, and it's free music. Like, enjoy the free free music. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, like even though it's 24-7, it, you might not get immediate help. You might need to wait for like sometimes 30 minutes to like an hour on there. I suggest while you wait, a really, a really thing, a good thing that helps you to calm down is make sure you are hydrated. Check if you have eaten well today. And also um, an exercise that 
I usually do is to, you know, like Cami said, come back to Earth and then be aware the environment you're around. Like name name stuff that you can touch. Um, names name the stuff that you see in the room where's the table where's the chair that really helps you to you know calm down from the panic mode and see like and be present of your situation i think um make sure you drink enough water you're you've eat food um and stay present is something you can constantly do while being on hold for the crisis line yeah and i would say for those of you that potentially may not be experiencing anxiety, but are simply just experiencing suicidal ideation. For me, I would say the thing that got me through waiting, the wait time instead of just hanging up, was I get to talk to someone. I get to finally tell someone who doesn't know me, who's not going to judge me in any capacity. I can tell them about what's bothering me what's going on in my life, and just have someone listen, you know, because I know it can be hard with friends when you're in that mode and you don't want to overwhelm them and scare them, so what do we do? We go elsewhere or we just don't talk about it at all, but the great thing about a hotline is that it provides you with another living, breathing human being that is going to listen to everything that you're going to say, so I would say... You know, if you're in that moment, just remind yourself you're going to get to speak to someone who's going to listen and who's really going to hear you. Mm -hmm. Um, Even though mostly what I experienced um, was anxiety, very few times I had experienced like some suicidal thoughts. Um, I don't know if this is accurate, but I want to say that, you know, sometimes it's not that you want to die. It's just you don't want to be that sad anymore i don't know if that's like what accurate i don't i don't know please correct me if i'm wrong i think it it depends on the situation right because for some people like suicide is a means of ending depression and and feeling depressed and sad Mm -hmm. but for other people it just seems like a solution to other problems like money financial problems um yeah romantic issues uh familial problems so it's it's different for everyone i would say i agree yeah mm-hmm. yeah so i think just you know every you know i i, I want to say you know when you're experiencing this you know you're not alone. Many people are also experiencing this and there are help out there. There's people out there that's willing to help you. And I think that even though a lot of times it's hard, just please hang there, you know, for yourself. I hope that motivates. <laughs> if not, <laughs> go watch some TikToks maybe. <laughs> you know, distract yourself to make you happy. <laughs> yeah, I would say um, yes that you should be aware of the fact that there is help out there. Um, I know it may not feel like there is in the moment, but there is help out there and there are people that will go to different ends of the earth to help you feel better and get through the night. Um, I will say, you know, if you're in a situation where you may harm yourself or may harm others and it's very dire, 
go to the emergency room. Just go. When you go to the hospital, they will help you. They care about you and they just want to see you get better. And it may be scary, it may not feel like that at the time, but that is what the end goal is, is for you to get better Mm -hmm. and be able to come back and be stronger. So if you are in a dire, dire situation, call 911, go to the emergency room, do what you got to do, and it'll be okay. And for anyone who's listening and struggling, I'm sending you virtual hugs. (laughs) Yes, we're both sending virtual hugs. Yeah, and I, I, gosh, gosh, why is my head full of TikToks? The reason I saw a TikTok, it's like, Pip, there's one song, Pitbull, it's like, been there, done there, you know, Pip, Pitbull's been there, done there, and you can too, you know, you'll get through this, like, <laughs> find the help you'll need and get through this. Pitbull's been there and done there, done that. <laughs> and um, um, after, you know, here's all like five, types of you know affordable options that we have to offer for you today and side note if you are a boston university student if you go to um, bu's website bu.edu and then you enter student health center under behavioral medicine wellness and prevention and also sarp um there's many um, resources offered, especially, um, especially for BU students. And most of the time they are completely free. Um, and in, in they include like Headspace subscriptions and then um, counsel, counseling sessions or like uh, trauma, serious trauma specialists and even local support schools, local support groups um, hosted by Boston University and BU also has its own crisis and prevention hotlines which I've called them many times and every one of them is very supportive and very encouraging if you are a Boston University student I highly recommend you check out the resources that is offered by Boston University and if you are not from BU I'm sure that if you check on your school's website and check out your school's like um, health center there's most likely there's also resources out there for you as well um and for anyone who is listening to the podcast please even though the struggling is hard do not give out give up do do not give up there's help there sorry (laughs) give out yeah oh the the episode is getting sad (laughs) no no, it doesn't have to be sad. Struggling is a part of life. I think that's something that we just need to accept is that tr- struggling and pain are always going to be there, but we have to learn how to build up the strength and tenacity to be able to get through it. And mm-hmm. that process isn't easy. And I think we need mm-hmm. to be honest with ourselves and with everyone listening that that process is not an easy process, but you can do it and you'll get through mm-hmm. it. And I want to say, think of the bright side. I feel like many people who overcome mental illness, they end up having a personality. You know, you no longer being basic. You have a personality. <laughs> like, that's why I see really, like, they have, like, quite a personality. And we have dark humors after that, you know? Like, very, we, we become what other people called humor. <laughs> Add a little spice to life, you know? 
I've been complimented by many people that I have a personality. So nice. <laughs> that's what I get for struggling. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, thank you for tuning into this episode. Hopefully, you guys have gone. Well, hopefully, you guys will take something away from this podcast and realize that there are actually a lot more resources out there available to you than you might think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you felt like um, you didn't took down the exact information from the podcast, definitely check out our Instagram. It's also the Up and Up, and we will have. Um, resources put up on story highlights. Hooray! Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you guys. <laughs> Our podcast is available on Anchor and wherever you get your favorite shows. See you next week. See ya.